Hello, welcome to your Daily Dose. I'm Nick. As you may have noticed, Bob and I are comedy nerds. We're always talking about our favorite sketches, comedians, and influences. And on this episode, we dig into the challenges of comedic references. Next time, we should cover comedic timing. Enjoy. Do you watch Mystery Science Theater? I have never seen an episode of it. Really? And I, I, I would like to watch one now because you've made a reference to it. But tell me, what is it? What is? So it started out in the 80s and it was take an old movie that they could get the rights to. Mm-hmm. Watch it. The, the people who were hosting it would watch it a few times. And the... The storyline is they're forced to watch this movie. So to keep themselves sane, they're riffing during the movie. Okay. They're mentioning something that's happening on the screen. They're mentioning other things, but it references that might date back, like to the Flintstones, references that are more modern, um, et cetera. So they um, redid it, or they I think it was a, a Patreon. Okay. And that inspired them to bring it back, and they brought it to Netflix. And I think they did 16 episodes total. They ended up canceling it, but it was really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you're watching these terrible old movies, and obviously these guys and the writers have watched it multiple times. Right, yeah, yeah. Because they have to get all their timing right. They have to get the jokes in. And what I really admired about it um, and watching it multiple times is that you have to be really balanced with your comedic references for it to be good because it can't all be something from 40 years ago as far as references right. go. Yeah, yeah. It can't be 80s references or even 90s references. You have to run the gamut. Mm-hmm. So if it's not something about what's happening on the screen, maybe it's a hashtag joke. Maybe it is a joke about the Flintstones. Uh, but obviously somebody wouldn't get that if they were born after... 1985. Right. Is now is this designed to be multi-generational? Is it designed I think to, so. Yeah. yeah, and it's fairly clean. Um so it is something you could watch with the kids or the kids yeah. could watch on their own. Uh but yeah, it's it's really funny. Do your kids watch it with you? Have you watched it with your kids? I'm trying to remember if we did. I don't think it was their cup of tea exactly. I want to try it again just because that that's interesting uh concept to me. You know, even as an improviser or somebody who's participated in in sketch comedy. It's, you know, you taking a look at this thing and you're mining from it all the possibilities and then interjecting them in to see how you can add your art to this art to make it something different. You know, it's like collage work of sorts. Yeah. Uh, but kind of cool, kind of interesting. I uh, I didn't know what that was about, but now I... And that's the one that has the, the silhouettes in front of the in screen. In front of the screen, yeah. yeah. that's it. I always remember the robot one. Yes. That, that's so... Yeah. Uh, do they have names, the characters? Uh, Crow... Tom Servo, and then the host is the comedian Jonah Ray, and I can't remember. I think his name is Jonah on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to do so. Like that. Doing sketch comedy or doing improv, do you ever find that you know you are you made a reference that didn't land? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And this is you really in improv. The beautiful thing is you can kind of hone it when you realize that you've stepped outside the frame of reference of the audience, or you can do an aside that allows them to realize that you realize that it didn't hit. Which and that's the power of doing. Oh, that's improv. fun! So you actually step out for a second and go, "Okay, this is yes, why this was clearly, funny, you guys." Clear, or, or I wouldn't even do that so much as to say, um, "Clearly, we're on the same planet, but you know, we're in different worlds here when it comes to this specific topic." You know, something that just says, "Well, that didn't work." Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, uh, no, yes, there are there are some improvisers who have the most incredibly broad. Um, 
mental libraries. You know, uh, Darren Verde, his his musical mental library is unlike anybody I've ever met. He just he knows music and he knows who wrote this and what year it was written and what what the the backup singers who they were and what they were what drugs they were doing at the time. I mean, he knew ridiculous things about the information. Uh, Mike Carr was also a huge musical and movie library, uh, but. They would step out there and make these obtuse references and then watch the audience go, what, her? And if you push it further, if you try to take it and explain it or you try to make it, oh, <laughs> you didn't get that, you become the villain in that oh, scene. Oh, yeah, it's like, for you know, sure. It's, it's a, but yeah, have, have you found that in your travels? How, how many, you had to have had times when, when you tried to lay out something sarcastic or funny and it just didn't. Yeah, take. it's all oftentimes um, reference jingles from old ads for some reason. Those stay in my head. Like I did this like recently with, uh, with Jeremy Sagers was on the show. <laughs> And he was doing the pop quiz and I go, pressure's on, getting higher, difference is, and he had no idea what I was talking about. Wait, 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 I know what that is. Pressure's on, getting higher, difference is, I'm on fire. You feel drier. It's oh, uh, some sort of arid like, extra dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I do, yes. Okay, that's, I love jingles. Barry Manilow was a jingle genius. He's a genius. You deserve a break today. So get up and get away to McDonald's. Right? Yeah. He wrote that. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Kentucky Fried Chicken, finger licking good. Mm-hmm. He wrote that too. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. In in the pandemic, finger licking doesn't seem to be good. No, in, in, no. In, in any way, it whatsoever. didn't also translate to Chinese, uh, which I think when it, they tried to translate it, it was <laughs> "eat your fingers good." <laughs> I love those though. I love yeah, international gaffes like, like the Nova. Ah, yeah. that's a classic marketing example. <laughs> you know, they had an example in, I think it was in Miami Beach actually, uh, where they were they were doing a campaign for cardiac care. And so they wanted people to know the proportion of people who have heart attacks. And so they put on the side of a bus that one in five people who get on this bus will have a heart attack. Oh, no. And then people just avoided getting I'm on the getting bus because they don't want to have a heart attack. I right? might as well be the bus from speed. <laughs> exactly. Right. Or uh, in India, Gerber baby food. In India, the population was largely illiterate at the time that it was introduced into stores, and so they would have to look at the label to see what's inside the jar. And there's a baby on the jar. Exactly. Ooh, <laughs> want some of that. Baby. But you learn, and this is what we do. We've always been fumbling towards an understanding of other cultures, right? We, we, we fail, and then we have to try again. Right? Well, let's keep a sense of humor about it, at least. Yeah. So that takes us back to, you know, the references, <laughs> I think. Full circle. Yeah, sure. Half circle. <laughs> it's as full as you want it to be. <laughs> the glass is half the, the circle is half full. Comedy is an odd business. When we are successful, people are forced into noisy, involuntary convulsions we call laughter. It seems like an odd return on investment until you earn it for the very first time. Then you realize it may just be the best thing you've ever earned. We hope you get some laughs out of your daily dose, my friends. We do. Every time. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.